whoever is listening, we're glad to have you in. My name's Grayson Mann. This is the Man with a Plan podcast, episode 54. Guys, a lot of great stuff. Thank you, as always, for the support you continue to pour into the show. It's support like that that, like, it's 1230 at night right now. I should probably just go to bed, but instead I just wake up and I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to record a podcast right now. It just seems right. And I just enjoy it so much. I think that this episode, we're going to talk Lamar. We're going to talk the Cowboys, Patriots, game of the year. Dak versus Lamar as my top two MVP candidates. And then Trevor Lawrence gets his first win in the NFL. What it all means for him, for Urban, and for the rest of the NFL moving forward. But a lot of great stuff for today. What I love, and I, I know I just repeat, I'm not trying to repeat myself, but being able to just record on a whim is what makes this so special and what you guys have enabled me to do is create content enjoy creating that content still we're getting closer and closer to that date i think it's december 1st i know it was i know it was after thanksgiving will be the one year anniversary of the return episode not the actual episode first one the first one was more like a trial run to where i got discouraged and left but it'll be close to that one year anniversary so we gotta do something special for that but anyways i want to start with lamar jackson didn't have the prettiest game on Sunday, and it was actually one of the uh, beatdowns. This week was kind of a chilled out. You had the wildness of last week, and it was like, all right, let's calm down. You get one of these weeks in the NFL where it's just a lot of bad matchups, and teams are just wildly better than certain other teams. Like You had the Giants play the Rams. That was a beatdown. The Ravens were a surprising mismatch for the Chargers. I guess that run defense really is something that the Chargers need to examine. There was Washington, Kansas City. Kansas City's got their problems, but Washington's got a lot more than they do. Oh, man, I'm trying to think of more. I know there's more. If it comes across my mind, I will certainly uh, get that and circle back to that. But Lamar Jackson broke a record, NFL record, for uh, most wins as a starting quarterback under the age of 25 at, I think it's 35 wins. While that's just... (laughs) Very, very impressive for a quarterback that was deemed unable to succeed in the NFL. Me, the high schooler kid that was armchair QBing everything, was proclaiming that he was not going to be very successful in the NFL. I didn't think he was fit for the game. I didn't think he was a great passer. I didn't think he could evolve as a passer. I thought it would be like a gimmick for three to four years and then he'd get figured out. I was like most of the mainstream media when it comes to sports. A lot of those analysts are like, Lamar Jackson's game is great, it's fun, but it's going to get figured out eventually, right? So the Ravens are 5-1. and one. They're a really damn good football team. And when you look at what the Ravens present, you got to go back to the spring training camp. All of their starting running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, they go down. They're an injury-riddled team. Rashad Bateman, I think, played his first game yesterday. It was nuts. Lamar had everything pinned against him, and they lose that Monday Night Football heartbreaker, and the jury's out. It's done. The Ravens aren't going to be that good. They have to play the Chiefs. They could start 0-2. It's going to be bad. And I was sitting there with a lot of confidence saying that I don't know if the Ravens are going to be this special this year. And they not only take care of business with the Chiefs, they get that monkey off their back, and they go on a run. So they've won five straight. They've been so, so impressive. And so is Lamar Jackson. The one game that I think finally sold me 
on Lamar Jackson as a quarterback was the and I I know you're gonna say he won an MVP Grayson Grayson he won an MVP he's been to the playoffs multiple times what do you what do you mean he sold I mean sold as a passer I think that Lamar was a great playmaker he was a good quarterback I thought that if he could take his game to the next level it'd be something scary and I I didn't really wasn't sure that he was capable of doing that. And I see now I was very, very wrong. He has not only improved his passing these la- these next couple of games, it's been nuts. I did not expect this growth. He's making great throws to the sideline. He's making good reads. Now the interceptions is going to be something that he's going to have to cut down as the season progresses, but it's probably just new receivers, timing, and all that. A lot of new faces with the running backs. A lot of stuff had to get worked out. There's a turnover issue, but I think that's a a thing at 5-1, and one, you can easily work out as the season progresses. I am really confident with the Ravens. The AFC feels wide open. It feels like they're going to continue to win games. They're going to win their division. A Cleveland team in their division that was picked to win has struggled massively. They're 3-3 three and three right now. They just got beat down by the Arizona Cardinals. There's that other beatdown. <laughs> There's so, the Bears and the Packers. I mean, gosh, so many. But anyways... So, in that division, you have Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a shell of itself. They had a big win on Sunday, but it was Geno Smith and the Seahawks against an old Ben Roethlisberger. I was like, I, whoever wins this game, I'm not really impressed. I'm more like, oh, they won a game. They're 3-3. Three and three. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be very good. I think that they'll probably be 8-9. They'll be really uh, average. There's, a, there's the word. Cincinnati's going to be good, but I don't think they're ready yet to take that next step. They're going to play a team like Baltimore, and it's going to be a, oh, yeah, Baltimore's still the alpha in this division. Cleveland looks like a mess, like I said before. They are a lot of new pieces, and it looks like they're just trying to figure things out. So if you're a Ravens fan, if you can get that division title, and you can get that first home playoff game, and just see what happens. You've got, obviously, Kansas City, who trails behind you. Buffalo just lost tonight. If you can keep that momentum going, you've got a lot of things that teams are weak towards. The Chargers, if you have to play them again, you just run the football down their throats. The Chiefs, their defense is weak. The Buffalo Bills can't get to the quarterback often. I think there's a lot of good things that are going Baltimore's way. Maybe this could be the year. Maybe. But I think that it all started with Lamar Jackson and his improvement I think that Lamar right now is an MVP frontrunner. We're going to talk about his uh, challenger in a second and why I don't know if Lamar as a second-time MVP would be. I, I'm trying to – the voters could potentially have fatigue when faced with our other candidate, which we'll talk in a second. But if you're a Ravens fan and you're listening to this podcast, you should feel very good right now about where your team is headed and how things will progress moving forward. I'm really excited to see where the Ravens go. I – honestly didn't expect this and if you guys know who I am personally you know that Lamar Jackson has me blocked on Instagram because me being a cocky 16 year old kid thought it would be funny to go on his Instagram live and be like hey Lamar you're bad at football and so he took that personally maybe I should take some of the credit for the reason he's so good now because I motivated him we'll see I mean their next games are Cincinnati I at home I think that's a win the Vikings I think that's a win Dolphins, they're a mess. Two was a mess. The Bears with a rookie quarterback. The Browns were a mess. The Steelers. The Packers on the 19th of December could be very interesting. 
But if you're a Ravens fan, it's going to be a fun ride, and I'm super excited to watch it. As for another thing that I was super excited to watch was the Patriots and the Cowboys. It was, without selling it short, was the game of the year. There was a lot of everything. There was a lot of running. There was a lot of passing. There was a lot of turnovers. There was a lot of drama, controversy. The refs, did they help out New England? Did they miss a call in overtime on Nelson Aguilar? Well, Nelson Aguilar should have caught that ball on the first play. But uh, Calm down, Grayson. Calm down. The sadness is over. So you guys know me also personally. I'm a Patriots fan. You cut open my hand. It's probably going to bleed orange or blue and red. It's just how it goes. But what I took away from this game is that the Cowboys are still my Super Bowl favorite out of the NFC. They've got, like Baltimore, a team that's equipped to really take down the weaknesses of certain teams. I think L.A., they're going to get overwhelmed. I think the Dallas offensive line can contain Aaron Donald. And I think that CeeDee Lamb, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz, one of those weapons will stand out while Jalen Ramsey tries to cover either Cooper or Lamb. We'll see what that matchup could potentially be. I think Tampa's got a weakness at corner. They can score a lot of points, but I think Dallas is improving on defense each week. And they're creating turnovers. And they did all of that today, or I guess yesterday against New England. They had a forced fumble on a sack where I think Mac Jones probably died for a second. They had a pick six where I died for a second as a fan. It was a chaotic game. For a long time, it felt like New England was in control, but it was only a matter of time before Dallas was able to slowly but surely take over. They're a much more talented team than New England. They've got a lot more playmakers, and I think that we'll get to in a second is what New England's problem is and why they're 2-4 and four and why a lot of people think they should be better and they are better when, than what the record indicates but there's a big gaping problem that Belichick's got to look in the mirror about. But the Cowboys, good teams and rather great teams, they survive when games get ugly. And this was a really ugly game for Dallas. A lot of penalties. You had a couple costly mistakes. Dak fumbles in the end zone. Dak throws a pick in the end zone. Justin Bethel, special teams player for the Patriots, comes in as a backup corner. They obviously attack him. The ball's a little bit wide to the left so Bethel tips it and it's picked off by Duggar the Patriots were able to stop it was a bend don't break type defense going forward on fourth down in the beginning of the game might have maybe there's just a lot of stuff that Dallas could have done differently and maybe it would have been a blowout if that was the case but New England they're a well-coached team they're able to overcome adversity but there's a problem New England and we're going to say well didn't they have the 75-yard touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne That's the longest pass New England's had in three years. Longest play New England's had in three years. New England this year is a team that has revamped their entire roster. They've got playmakers like Judon. They've got Damian Harris. They've got Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. They got a lot of new pieces, and they don't know what to do with them. Jonu Smith, not Jonu, Matthew Judon has figured it out. He's an absolute beast. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. It's the offense. Their lack of creativity, their lack of being able to drive the football down the field consistently, they're able to do it well against Dallas, scoring 26 points. It was 29, 26 points. They were able to really force the issue. Mac Jones, as usual, played well. He's been one of the better rookie QBs. We're going to talk about the other one that will challenge him after we take a break, but we're going to continue about this. The Patriots just have a playmaking issue. They don't have that one player, and I thought it was going to be Aguilar, but I've been really wrong so far. Maybe he changes my mind. Aguilar's been a guy that or I believe was going to be the guy that New England 
every single game, it was a threat that they would take a shot down the field and be able to get some 60-yard bomb out of it with Cam or Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones has gotten better each week. I think that he's taking a lot of hits. The offensive line's been beat up. And maybe once that is solved and Trent Brown comes back, they'll be like a revamped team. They'll figure it out. New England in September slash early October is never really perfect. And especially this year when you got a rookie quarterback, you've got a lot of new pieces. There's just a lot to be figured out. And this Dallas game was a great example of what the Patriots need to do. If you've heard the saying, if you love them, you'll set them free. They need to set Mac Jones free and let him rip it. If he throws 18 interceptions, if he breaks Peyton Manning's passing record, passing interception record, so be it. Mac Jones is a smart quarterback. He knows what to do with the football. He'll make the right reads, but you need to give him a little bit more room to work with. And I think that they did it later in the game. They let him have that post route to Kendrick Bourne, that busted coverage that was ultimately the ballsiest play. And I hate to use that word. I'm sorry if the that is too much, but... You go from a pick six as a rookie quarterback, that takes mental toughness beyond his years. Be able to go from a pick six deflating, no pun intended with the Patriots, deflating. You go from that to Trayvon Diggs getting absolutely burned. And yes, the safety, I think he was expecting safety help. Getting burned on that post route to Kendrick Bourne, 75-yard touchdown, literally the next play on offense. I was losing my mind. It was like, wow, this kid has got... A short, short memory, and it's what you need as a quarterback. It's what you need as a quarterback to be able to bounce back. Have to got to get those bad plays out of your mind. Focus on the next drive, and I think that's what New England has. They've got their guy. That's not the problem. It's that they need to find a different way or a new way to get playmakers involved. You've got Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith. You've got a lot of good guys that can contribute. It's all about figuring out how. All right, we're gonna take a short break. When I get back, we're gonna talk about. Dak Prescott is an MVP candidate as well, and what that could be as a challenge to Lamar Jackson, and what Trevor Lawrence has overcome and what it means for the NFL. My name is Grayson Mann. This is Man with the Plan podcast. We'll be right back. And we are back. Going to talk real quick about Dak Prescott as an MVP candidate. So the story of Dak Prescott, and I mentioned it last weekend when I was talking about the Cowboys and all the great things they've done this year, they're on a similar trajectory to the Ravens. And I think that while a lot of people have Lamar MVP buzz again, I think he's going to have a very tough obstacle to overcome, which is the story of Dak Prescott. Listen, nothing to take away from Prescott. He's balling out. But if he leads the Cowboys to some amazing record, let's say 14-3, and 15-2, 16-1 and one with Mike McCarthy as his head coach, I think Dak wins the MVP easy. He's been falling out. He's been making fantastic throws. He's a leader. He's literally the least hateable person. Even when he's playing against your favorite team, you're like, man, I just love that guy. What a great dude. What a great story. My 50 cents on that. <laughs> it's very short. I just wanted to get that out real quick before we talk about the Jaguars. But I love Dak Prescott. I can't help but not root for him so if there's going to be a team that wins a Super Bowl I'm really going to have pitchforks coming to my apartment <laughs> but if it's the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl this year I really don't mind because I love Dak Prescott I love his story I hope he wins MVP I hope Lamar wins MVP I hope these guys that I uh hand pick out and talk about do well and make me uh in a way look good it's cool Herbert pick it up <laughs> I'm kidding only but 
I just wanted to get that quick statement out about Dak Prescott. I think it's him versus Lamar for the MVP. Very uh, self-explanatory there. Uh, Cowboys and the Ravens are the better teams in the NFL. Kyler Murray, I think, is an MVP candidate as well. But I think that the Cardinals, I just don't know. I don't know what it is about the Cardinals, man. I just don't trust him. I don't. Eventually, I'm, I'm waiting for that eventual climb. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about the Cardinals, and we'll talk about it. If they go like 15-0 or 13-0 or something, they have that kind of start. We'll talk about it for sure. I just don't know yet. I don't know, and I don't know why. It's it's like the Steelers in 2020 when they went 11-0. I was like, man, I'm just not sure about this team. Granted, the Arizona Cardinals are more explosive. I just don't know what it is. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know if it's because I don't trust the offense. I feel like it'll be figured out eventually. Or like San Francisco and Seattle and L.A. are going to get better. I just don't know. Ugh. And it bothers me because I really want to root for that team. I just don't know. Man. But anyways, I wanted to wrap up the show by talking about Trevor Lawrence. So, Trevor Lawrence, since he's basically been born, has been the anointed number one quarterback in the life and world. The next Peyton Manning going to Jacksonville after a really great career at Clemson, national champion, playoff winner every year. Well, he didn't win the playoffs his junior year, but you know what I mean. He took his team to the playoffs every year, successful, very few losses as a starting QB. So you go to Jacksonville and you're paired up with the clown that is Urban Meyer. We're not going to talk about what Urban Meyer did because I already addressed it. I said it was inappropriate. But what Trevor Lawrence has overcome, a roster that is very poor, I thought in the spring they were going to be very fun to watch. I thought they were going to be a team that was going to be really competitive. I thought Urban had it figured out, and I was wrong because they have they have struggled in the first six games. We're going to talk about their win in Miami. I'm going to give them credit eventually. But Lawrence looked rattled. He looked like he was uh, trying to figure it out, trying to do too much. Then you had the whole situation with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer, the coaching thing. It was a it was a bad week to be a coach if you were controversial. <laughs> but his whole thing happened. It was like I don't think Urban gets it. I don't think that Jacksonville is taking any steps forward. They've improved in each game. I never really thought that Urban as a coach, like X's and O's, would struggle in the NFL. It's all about how Urban was able to read the room and understand what it means to lead an NFL locker room. You can't treat it like it's Ohio State or Florida where you got 18 to 22-year-old kids who don't really, you don't have to earn their respect because you're Urban Meyer, you're a legend, you're a national championship winning coach. You've recruited top five classes every single year. They probably are like, oh my God, it's Urban Meyer. They got to keep their fanboy inside because it's the legendary college coach who's a pretty darn good coach. In the NFL, it's a little different. And while it's like playing Alabama every week, you got to earn the respect of adult men who have families, who have wives, children. So when you do that crap, it does not look good. And so I thought, wow, he's lost the locker room. That's it. It's over. Whether it's the next game or the next in the offseason, it's over. But what it all revolves around is Trevor Lawrence. And I was like, man, I think that this screws over Trevor Lawrence in the worst possible way. It hinders his development as a QB. This is not good. And they go to London and they play a really decent... Miami's a weird team. 
they are a really great defense, and they just have a really unfortunate situation with Tua getting hurt, getting blown out by Buffalo. You had that week one win against New England. A lot of people believe it's a fluke that New England should have won that game. Let's take that fumble away, and they're probably 0-6. This is a really down, it's a down year from Miami, but Jacksonville is just on another level. And you go into all across the pond. You go to Urban Meyer. Go to the, I don't even know what the stadium's called. But you go to that place in London. That sounds really professional, Grayson. That place in London. You go to London and you play a really complete football game. Urban Meyer outcoached Brian Flores. And the Jacksonville Jaguars looked like a team ready to compete. Trevor Lawrence was making great throws, good decisions. He was awesome to watch. It's like... Each week, Lawrence is starting to figure out what it takes in the NFL. He's making less bad mistakes. The completion percentage is going back up. Maybe the Jaguars can still be that team. I'm going to hold my reservations on that and hold my thoughts on that. If they start to win games and put things together, I'll be like, okay, maybe we can give Urban another year. Right now, I still think Urban gets fired at the end of the season. I think it's just he's lost the locker room. But I think what Trevor Lawrence has overcome in that situation, having an idiot of a head coach, who does not get it, being able to almost even out that touchdown-interception ratio with a bad offensive line. James Robinson's still fantastic. Marvin Jones looks like he's starting to emerge as a top wide receiver with DJ Chark out. They look like a really good football team. I really, in that game, I mean, not overall. They're improving, but they're not a great football team by any means. I really love watching Jacksonville, though. Just because of Trevor Lawrence, that story, the drama, it's fun. You guys need to watch Jacksonville as they look to improve with a quarterback that has overcome a lot, and we really need to take notice of it because he's going to get better each week and start to fulfill that number one overall draft pick status. Okay, that wraps up our show today. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you've listened throughout the entire episode, consider subscribing or leaving a five-star review to let us know you enjoyed what you listened to. Leave a comment on what you want to see next. And message me at the MWP underscore on Instagram and shoot me a DM. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you want to hear. Got any questions for the show you want answered? I'm your guy. Hit me up. Have a great day. You guys take care as always and have a great week.